Welcome to Change the Narrative. I'm your host, J.D. Fuller. I'm Susie Younger. An African-American licensed psychotherapist. I'm also a licensed therapist. We talk about the isms. We talk about the phobias. Anything that marginalizes and oppresses. As a white woman, I ask the questions white people are too afraid to ask. Everything we are not and everything we are is because of fear. Through a mental health lens, Susie and I will have difficult conversations with celebrity guests, political activists, and everyone in between. Our mind will tell us whatever we want to believe, but the truth lives in the body, and that's where change occurs. Are you ready to change the narrative? JD has been stalking our next guest to come on the show, and you're about to see why. We have a journalist, a producer, a writer, an entrepreneur, a storyteller, and a pioneer who traveled all over the world, in fact, 10 countries before she was 25, she recognized that she didn't see people who look like her. So she decided to create a free travel app dedicated solely to people from the global majority, making not only her own dreams come true, but theirs as well. She took her passion for storytelling, travel, and culture and created this fabulous platform called Melanin on the Map. And we can't wait to hear all about it. Meet Ashley McDenna. Did you say your last name right? Yes, you did, actually. So, yes. Yes, we practice, no one ever gets that. it right. <laughs> we were practicing that yesterday. And I forgot to ask you before we went on the air. Oh, yes, you did say it right. Yes. Right? Well, that was a good intro. Thank you. See? See? You're you welcome. Have free time. <laughs> Excellent. Well, I will admit that I was stalking you a little bit, but you were good enough to not make me stalk you like I have to stalk others. Okay. <laughs> Thank you. Thank mm-hmm. you. Yeah, I've been just so fascinated by your platform and just so impressed with this idea that came to you. So I want, you. I want people to get to know who you are. Yes. So basically introduce yourself and tell us who Ashley McDonough is. Where are yes. you from and how did you get here? Yes. So I am Ashley McDonough. Mm-hmm. I am... Originally born and raised in Queens, New York, I grew up first generation American. So I've been obsessed with, you know, culture and travel. All of these things are just kind of like instilled in me from a young age, just from my upbringing alone and growing up in a city like New York, you know, it's very diverse. It's full of just a lot of different people, cultures, all of that. So I kind of just always had this passion in me to begin with, you know, as a young girl. And then fast forward, as I got older, I went to Howard University, shout out to Von Bison. And, you know, when I moved to DC, it was such an incredible experience as a whole, just, you know, growing up, growing up coming from New York, but then being in DC with another fully diverse culture and then meeting all these amazing people at a university like Howard. And then when I got to Howard, I studied abroad in Spain. And I think that kind of sparked that travel, like as my adult years, kind of, you know, I'm traveling to a new country. I stayed there for a year. I studied there. Like it, as an adult, it was just a whole nother experience for me. So fast forward from there, I was initially in journalism and production. I moved back to New York. I worked at some amazing companies. I moved here to LA. And then I launched my business. You know, I knew it was going to be something that I did eventually. I knew that I had this passion for culture and creating these opportunities for other people of color in this travel space that I knew didn't exist prior. So that's kind of the background of how it all happened. Well, so you answered my second question. So I just want to back up and talk about HBCU. 
mm-hmm. and talk about what that brought to your life because I'm an HBCU envy. You yes. know, which I had known. I didn't know what I didn't know. Right, so, exactly. You know, so like I see all these young people going. I'm like, damn, if I had known that, that would have changed the trajectory of my life. Right. You know? So talk to me no, about I hear that. historically Black college experience. Oh, man. Like, I cannot emphasize my love for Howard enough and all HBCUs as a whole, just because this is the one time where you're really fully celebrated to the extent that these universities give you. You know, it tells you so much about your culture that you just kind of didn't even notice, even growing up in a very diverse city like I did, just kind of meeting all of the people, the experience, just walking the campus, the legacy attached to the professors that have are working at the campus. It just really, it's just a full cultural experience that you would not have expected. And the crazy thing is, is me being first generation American and my parents being from the Caribbean, going to an HBCU, it's not really like a big deal unless right. you're here in the States, you know? Like for a lot of people who are born and raised here, unless you're from the South, then it's really not that big of a deal. So me coming from first-generation American parents, it was just kind of like, you're going to college. It doesn't really matter where you go, but you're going to college. (laughs) And then when I went to Howard and then I'm like, oh yeah, this, just the culture, just walking on the campus is just a whole experience. So I definitely recommend it for everyone. You know, I feel like, you know, you're kind of walking amongst the ancestors at an HBCU. That's what I imagine it's like. And you don't get that in America. I know. And especially somewhere like Howard, like everything, it's like you're sitting in the seat and you're thinking like, oh my God, Toni Morrison sat here. Or like, oh my God, Martin Luther King walked here. (laughs) Like, it's really that real. Like I wrote for the college newspaper that Zora Neale Hurston founded. Her office is right there. And it's like that type of legacy you don't get once you leave. You know, that's a once in a lifetime experience. So very true. Yeah, that's powerful. Thank you for explaining of it that course. way. You know, so you figured out traveling was a thing early on, but it seems to me that something was, don't go in the wrong direction with this one. Let me finish the question for you. Okay. <laughs> so it seems like something had to be missing from your life or in your travel, you know, that became the catalyst for Melanin mm. on that, right? Mm-hmm. Because if it was there, you wouldn't have birthed it. So mm-hmm. what, what was what was missing um, in, in either way that this Yeah. Was- well, I think it, it was it's two things. So for one, I think it was just being a travel lover myself and not having that outlet to look towards to see other people who looked like me, to see other people who wanted to create these travel experiences, who like their passion was really travel. Like there were other sites and brands, but it wasn't really what I needed it to be. There was no real direct connection. There was no ways to create a career out of this. Like it was just a bunch of pretty pictures that I saw on other brands. And I was just kind of needing more. So it was kind of, that was one side. And the other side was just my overall desire to become an entrepreneur. I knew I wanted to create something for myself. I knew I wanted to create a legacy that will withstand and, you know, be passed down, be able to be passed down through generations. And I knew that I just had to fulfill the purpose that God placed in my heart. Like it wasn't working for someone else for the rest of my life or, you know, working towards someone else's dream, getting fulfilled. That just wasn't in my ministry personally. So it was a combination of the two. You know, that brings to mind something for me. I think that there's something that is connected to being an immigrant, coming from immigrant families. 
that that vision is easier to hold on to mm-hmm. for people of African-American descent who are born here and have dealt with this oppressive culture forever. Mm-hmm. And I think that, you know, that's what I hear in what you're saying is it's like yeah. coming to America is this dream. Yeah. You know? And so when you get here or your family gets here, you get to further the dream. Right. right. So many feet on your head here as an African-American, you have to work to get that dream. Even Absolutely. Habit, right. Yeah. Does that makes yeah. sense. Yeah. And I like to call it like the audacity of being an American citizen. Like I feel that I had this desire and urge for the simple fact that my parents didn't, you know, they had to come here. And then my grandparents and my great grandparents, they had to come here and they just were just focused on, you know, being stable. They just had to make it work with what they had. But me being born and raised in this country, being an American citizen, going through my schooling and all of that here, with no fear of immigration or anything, I kind of just said like, oh yeah, I'm going to pursue everything that I knew my parents didn't have that privilege because they weren't from here. And I mean, as ridiculous as American can be, it is a beautiful place to build a dream from scratch because like you have that privilege of all of the access and all of the resources. And I just took full advantage of that because again, I knew my ancestors did it. So you bring up something else and you're making me deviate totally away from my questions, but uh-huh. <laughs> which is, you know, again, you're talking through an immigrant lens, mm. right? So this mm-hmm. idea that, and I work with clients who come from immigration and they lose the connection that you maintain. Yeah. Right? So they're just like, why are my parents all hung up on this? You know, this dream that they had when I'm just mm-hmm. here and I just want to be American, but right. somehow you held on to that. You yeah, know, my parents uh, didn't, and so I will. So African-Americans yeah. in this country don't have access to that. Mm-hmm. You know, so for you, it feels like a privilege. But for us, I think it's more like we just don't even know that's an option. But you knew right. that because of the legacy, right? And so yes. it's really curious when I hear you say what you're saying, because it's like there is such a huge difference in people who migrate here. Mm-hmm. Really different. Yeah. I wouldn't even know about this dream you're talking about. I wouldn't even know. I saw my parents suffer. I saw them being poor. I saw yeah. them struggling to feed, you know, feed us all. But it was just like, get a job, get security. Right. Get that tenure, you know, get secure. Like I didn't yeah. travel until I was in my thirties. Yeah. Right? No, no, I know. And you said you're from, you're born here and your parents are born here. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, it's real. It's real. And that's why I do feel like you are a product of your environment because like it is a part of like what you witness and and all of these things. Like I knew that my parents came here, they worked their whole lives. And I mean, I'm just like, no, there's more. There has to be more. Like it can't just be work, work, work and and like stress, stress, stress. And like it has to be more like there's more to life. And that's one why I have this deep passion for travel because it shows you that there's more to life. It shows you that there is life outside of you and your city and your your people and your network. And it's like, you get so accustomed to living this life day to day that you forget that there's so much out there. And I think that's why I'm so grateful to have grown up with this bicultural experience because I do get the best of both worlds. You know, I do get the stability and the, you know, the family and all these things, but I also get that there's a life outside of there that is just waiting to be discovered. Yeah. You know, when I was working in LA on the front line in terms of like working with kids from just LA born, you know, some of the most impoverished communities, they hadn't never even gone to the beach. You know, yeah, 
It's crazy. So, so when you talk about travel, that yeah. was a deal. I mean, that's overwhelming to me that this right. is your and you've never even been there. So you're talking about something on a deeper level when you say, you know, you're grateful for having that access because it's real. It's like, if right. you don't know, you don't know. You don't. You don't know what you don't know. Yeah. And that's, and that's why I think it's important to really, really push that to children because if you don't know, you don't know. You know, right. it's kind of like when you're in school, you only know what your teachers teach you. You only know what your parents educate you on. But it's like if no one's teaching you that, if no one's showing you, no, this is not the only option to get a nine to five and work for someone else for the next 50 years. This is not the only option to live in the city that you grew up in forever. That's not it. You know, there's so many options that you get to decide on because it's your life. You know, yeah. you get to plan it out the way you see fit. I'm fully aware that the life that I chose is very unorthodox because <laughs> it's not the norm for other people. You know, you do this, you get a job and da, 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 da. I get it. But I think you do have a say in what you want your life to look like. Yeah. You have to know you have that say. You have to know you have that ability. I think, absolutely. That's you know, kids are so undereducated in the inner cities of America that there is yeah. no, there is no vision available. And that's what you're talking about. You know, I yeah. so appreciate that. And that's one of the things that, you know, drew me to your, your IG so much was like, wow, this is so important for people to yeah. the majority to see, you know? And so Thank what it made you. me, what it made me think of Ashley is your brand is the new green book. Yes. Right? So for those who don't Thank know, you. wait, for those who don't know, let me just explain that. The green book was the black traveler's guide through the mm -hmm. Jim Crow era. Right. And the fact that it's still needed so mm -hmm. much today is so powerful to me. So basically what you created is the new green book. I Thank you so, so cool. much. I mean, that there's so much legacy attached to that. And it's so crazy that you even bring that up because when I got to Howard, one of the very first pieces that I did was on the black travel movement and the green book and kind of just the trajectory of it and where did we start and where we're going and all of that. So yeah, I mean, I love the movie. I love the history of the entire thing. Mm -hmm. And it's still needed till this day because the Black travel experience is very specific. You know, if you're not a Black traveler, you don't know what that looks like. And that's another reason why I wanted to create this platform to connect Black travelers, minority travelers to each other because the experience is different. You know, like that's like a lot of places you may be the only one, you know, you certain things like that is not just the everyday experience for every traveler out there. So, yeah. yeah. You said a couple of things that trigger uh, feelings in me. And one is that with my white friends, I'll say, well, I got to see if I can travel there. <laughs> that's one of the first things I'll say. Mm -hmm. I don't know what that's going to be like environment wise. And it's so foreign. The idea, even though they've been with me my whole life, it's still foreign. The idea that there's certain places I won't go because I don't feel safe. Yeah, you know? I know. And it sounds crazy to even feel like you have to say that to people. Right. But again, like you said, if they don't, if you don't know, they, they don't know. Like that's mm. not their experience. That's not any fault of theirs. That's just not their experience, you know? And and the thing is, they will never have to experience that. There's a lot of places they can go and travel and no one will look at them different. But mm -hmm. in certain places they go and they take pictures of you like a celebrity or something. Oh. It's ridiculous. Mm -hmm. When we talk about the experience and just the lack of safety, you know, the black traveler has to feel unsafe in America and then want to relax and go abroad mm -hmm. and still mm -hmm. feel unsafe. There's like, no I know, place, right. Where there is, oh, mm -hmm. I'm going to go and just let my guard down. I was in Aruba 
and I'm minding my own damn business. I am <laughs> sitting there rearranging the chairs for me and my friend. And this white woman comes up to me and she says, um, so how much are the chairs? I looked at her and said, why are you asking me that? She right. Said, well, how much are the chairs? Long story short, she must ask me about four times. I said, yeah. I need to know why you're asking me that. She didn't have an answer. And all she mm. said was, are you from America? I said, I don't care where I'm from. Right. This guy walks by who <laughs> has a shirt on that says mm-hmm. service provider. I'm standing here moving chairs and you're asking me. And yeah. she's offended. And you don't have to be so angry about it. And that's the right. thing. It's like, mm-hmm. we can't even go on vacation and put our guard down without yeah. you know, white people coming up to us and, and, and trying to have us serve them. <laughs> right. No, I know. It's crazy. It's crazy. And that is probably like a lighter story. I'm yeah. sure people have yeah. worse so it's really, it's crazy. It's crazy. And it's like, I mean, a lot of these places, they don't even see Black travelers often. So they don't even know how to deal with them when they are around them. So it gets very awkward and weird. Like, she probably caught herself and said, oh, she doesn't work here. And that was too embarrassed to say something right. to you. Right. So she had to turn but me like, into the oppressor. She had to turn right. me into the <laughs> Right. But I mean, it's it's very unfortunate. It's very important that like it happens far too often. And I think that's why it's so important that black people, people of color do change that narrative. And the only way to change it is by going to these cities, going to these countries and showing people what it is to be a black American. Because you said, are you from America? Like there's so many different types of versions of black Americans. Yeah, and there's so much uh, stereotype about Americans, and you get lumped into that. Go ahead, Suze, your hand's raised like a good student. My hand is raised. (laughs) Well, I don't want to invade in this space, but, you know, it's what you're saying. Ashley, we had a guest two weeks ago. This has come up a lot where he, I think it was Kevin, JD, and he was talking about going to Europe and going to a Burger King. And he was eating his sandwich and his fries and people were looking at him like he was an alien from another country. Yeah. African-American. It's, it's sad. It's and really sad. An African-American man. As if Black and African-American man don't get enough hate and discrimination yeah. here in the U.S. Yeah. To think, like, you would think sometimes it's actually safer in certain places outside of America. I mean, it's really just, it's unfortunate across the board. Yeah. You know, I was with my the person who shall never be named as my ex-wife, but mm-hmm. I was with her in Italy and we're walking along the street and this Italian dude comes up, bum rushes us mm-hmm. and pretty much pushes me out the way and starts talking to her about being beautiful and how he, and I just caught a few words. I mean, he like pulled her aside. Mm-hmm. So I had to, you know, buck up. Like, are you kidding me? Like, yeah. Like you know, see me standing dude, here. Yeah. What are you, what are you doing? You know? That's another layer, right? Just the idea yeah. that you're interesting and I want to, and I can. I mean, that's mm. still, that's like another level of privilege that we don't even think about here. Yes, it's very invasive. It's right? very invasive. And I mean, let's not even talk about the touching of the hair and the, oh. the taking of the pictures and just, there's levels to yes. all of it. Yes. But I think either way, it's inappropriate and it's invasive regardless because It's just about like personal space, regardless, black or white or whatever. It's just personal space. But you know, though, but actually, you know, personal space is different for the dominant white culture versus us. There's a difference. Oh, absolutely. And that goes against what they're taught. Yes, yes. I mean, it's Mm -hmm. access. You have access. You get to move move throughout. You get to have access to everything. Black people are like, why are you standing so close to me? Right. (laughs) 
Right. We're already right. suspect, you know? Right. I know. I feel like we always just have a guard up just because. We have <laughs> like, to. But why? Like, exactly. But it's kind of like, but again, in the white culture, they're not taught that. They're just no. more like free loving and open. And yeah. I mean, again, that's no fault of theirs. That's what they were taught. So, I mean, it's, well, it's, it's just called, it's called That's called privilege and that's yeah. called entitlement. Mm-hmm. Yes. We're not afraid to speak that on this show, Ash. Oh, that's my kind of people. My kind of people. <laughs> we just call it out over here. All right, so I want to shift gears just a little bit. Well, actually, let me finish that last question, which was, did you have the Green Book in mind when you birthed this project? Was that specifically the idea or was it similar or not at all? No, it wasn't. I mean, I knew, like, I always just give respect to, like, you know, those that came before me. It wasn't in mind because it wasn't, created in the same sense that that was created that was created more so like of a protection and like a a source of reference Uh, we created this because we wanted to focus on like connection and community Uh, more than anything and then showing other people how to travel safe and travel smarter and and monetize their travels and all of that from a different standpoint so that changing the face of the minority travel just looks different as a whole so i think with the times and with the focus it was still two completely different things all right, I'm going to need you to stop calling us minority because we're the global majority. Oh, okay. <laughs> I'm going I'm to need you to shift that language. <laughs> okay. We are, in fact, the global majority. Got it. Got okay. it. So right the on. global majority. <laughs> right on. Let's just tack that in there. All right. Got it. You know, as therapists, we can't help but come to a mental health question. It's who we mm-hmm. are. It's in our blood. And there's no doubt that, well, on one level, we're always trying to remove the stigma of therapy, mental health, like it's not a bad thing. And there's no doubt that travel is good for one's mental health. Mm -hmm. I'm just wondering, like in terms of your grounding, you know, and your own mental health, is there any other way that you've been able to sustain it, you know, in your healthy lifestyle? Any other things you subscribe to? I have a therapist. Yes. (laughs) Absolutely. Oh, yes. I, I knew there was the so reason. Pro therapy. Oh, my goodness. I think it is so ridiculous that people get in this, their heads about, oh, no, that's, oh, you're that kind of person, and all these things of the stigma around it. But like therapy, having an outlet, having a person outside of you and your friends and your family who know you, and just to talk to and vent to and just share your life with and get to go through the stages of life with. Oh, yes. I have a therapist who I love. She's a black woman. She's from New York. She lives in LA just like me. Um, yeah. Therapy is it. Me and my fiance now are okay. actually going to go to couples therapy before we get married. So I am pro therapy a hundred percent. Awesome. I didn't even know that when I asked the question, I was hoping. Yes. <laughs> right, on. right on. So in terms of the pandemic, let's go back a little bit. I mean, there was a whole travel shutdown. What did you mm-hmm. do? Cause it seems you came out stronger than ever. Oh, you know, my God is so good to me. (laughs) Let me tell you, because it's so crazy how life works and everything. So I, before I became an entrepreneur, I was a journalist and producer and I was already had my full-time job. And then I was waiting until my business was where I wanted it to be before I took the leap of becoming a full-time entrepreneur. Coincidentally enough, I put my two weeks in probably a week before the world shut down. I had no idea that COVID was gonna happen. I had no idea 
None whatsoever. When I tell you a week prior, I put the two weeks in, I went on vacation. And while I was on vacation was the first time I heard about COVID. And I'm like, oh, this is going to be like Zika, Ebola, it's going to pass. It didn't pass. By the time I came back, they shut the world down that week after. And I just had to figure it out because I quit my job. I had a travel business. And I was just like, okay, Ashley, I'm not going back to corporate America. So we need to figure this out now. And I mean, I figured it out. The good thing is with the travel business that I have, there are various sectors to it outside of the actual going on trips part. So we show other people how to build travel brands and monetize their travels. You know, now we have the travel bays and travel besties. So we're connecting travelers and all of that. So there's various different sectors, but that travel component was completely shut down. We literally did not book a trip for a year and a half or something. Like Yeah, a year and a half. Nothing on that component. But I mean, it all worked out. Like I just kind of had to just pivot different parts of my business. I know during that time, we also really focused on a lot of black businesses who were going under. So highlighting those businesses because we do have a large platform. A lot of people were paying for promotion and they, they needed assistance in that sector. So we just shifted, you know, we still had our focus of travel, black travel and all of that, but we definitely wanted to highlight those businesses and show the other travelers and everything in that space that this too will pass. We're going to make it out of this. So we did. And I mean, here we are like on the other side of it. So yeah, for real, you know, with all this great travel talk, you have to have a travel nightmare story. So I want you to to think of your travel (laughs) nightmare story that you want to share with us. Yes, I actually have a few. (laughs) Okay, okay. And then tell us what you learned in the process, okay? Yes, yes. One of my most memorable, though, was my Cuba experience. So I went to Cuba. This was right after, I think, Trump was elected out and they did that whole change so we could go. So we literally like, okay, let's go right away before he changes, whatever. So we went to Cuba, into Havana, Cuba. It was beautiful. I mean, the Cuban experience, like the food, the people, the culture, it's just so, the people are the nicest people I have ever met. They are so sweet. So the only thing is they don't do cards or debit cards, credit cards, no type of ATM transaction type of things, cash only. Now here in the States, everything is cards. You could Venmo, anything. I'm not used to carrying cash, like ever. But I knew this prior to going, so I'm like, okay, it was me and my two best friends. We all took all this cash out, and then we were good. So we were like, okay. Um, and we were celebrating a birthday, too. So we were, we were like, you know, I'm taking things from the mini bar and just, oh, charge it to the room, just all of that. We're like, okay, we're just having a good time. So the day, we're literally leaving this same, same day. We're on our way out and we're going to pay our bill that we charged to the room and everything. Like, oh yeah, we charged it to the car in the room. We get to the door and they're like, oh no, you have to pay in cash. By now, we have no cash left. We don't have any cash left because we had already paid for our driver to get to the airport. We we didn't have anything to pay for. We were going back to the U.S. So we don't don't have any cash. And here we are, these three American black girls just standing there like, oh, we, we don't have any cash. Like, Oh, you can't, you can't leave. What? So we're like, okay. And then my, my best friend, she was just very sassy. She's like, I don't know. We we need to go. We're going to miss our flight. So she's gathering her things to go to the door and they lock the doors and they call the cops. So we're just like, 
oh, okay, you guys are serious. Like, we really can't leave at all. Like, I'm like, well, how can we even get money out, out there? Like, can we, yeah. like, Western Union or something? They're like, mm-hmm. okay. But the thing is, they were so respectful. Like, here in the States, it would have been a big brawl. Like, they yeah. were so kind, so respectful, this whole process. Then they're like, okay, well, we can Western Union money to ourselves through the, the internet. So uh-huh. I'm like, okay, but can we go? So they had to literally escort us to Western Union. And they followed us the entire way. They followed us back. And then we were able to pay. And then they let us go. We did end up missing our flights. But we ended up meeting Cubans out there who were just kind of so sweet. They were just like, oh, it's okay. Like, we're going to take care of it. They ended up buying us lunch. Like, oh my just, goodness. And then we ended up getting on the next flight. But that was just a hard story because, like, we just definitely don't always have cash at all times. But even through all of that, it still didn't tarnish my viewpoint on Cuba or Cubans. It was one of my favorite trips of all times, either way. What a great story. You picked yeah. the perfect one to tell us. Yeah. Oh my God. It's like sitting on the edge of my seat over here. No, I mean, that was crazy. Because, you know, you're just like, oh, charge it to the room. Just very American. Yeah, so That's American. The privilege. That's yeah. the American privilege. Just <gasps> charge it to the room. Get there with the full bill, no cash to pay. Oh my God. <laughs> All right. So, you know, ironic, I don't know if you know this or not, but you provide services to people. And melanin on the map is mom mm-hmm. and i think that's ironic and I yes. wonder, right right Take yes i never even thought of it. yes are you it's kidding it. you didn't know that you, no because it, you said mom what is it melanin on the map uh-huh immediately mom came to mind yeah and but mom, i mean i hear but then there's the t so i don't actually like okay okay yeah okay. Well, but no, me, I get it. of course there's mom you know right. i'm immediately going and i'm like Wow, if I take the the out, this is mom. And how appropriate because moms provide services, they take care of right? Mm -hmm. So I just thought that was was pretty cool. Yeah. So the whole thing is like, you provide these services for the global majority and you have marketed yourself that way. Mm -hmm. You know, like that's the whole intent. But now you're shifting into another place. Mm-hmm. Or at least I'm aware that all of a sudden that I'm seeing all this travel bay. Travel bay and travel bestie. Okay. Yes. And I'm wondering, are you about to become a dating service? Oh, <laughs> you know. <laughs> oh, I, I don't want to call it a dating service. Okay. No. Matchmaker. Because to me, again, it's focused on community. So okay. the, the reason why, again, one of the main reasons why I launched the app, the brand overall, is because I wanted to connect like-minded travelers to other like-minded travelers, right? Okay. There are people who claim to travel or want to or not really, but I mean the real travelers who amidst this whole pandemic were still traveling and traveling smarter. Like this is their passion. They feel like they're not okay if they don't have that, like real travelers. So Got it. It's about connecting those people to each other now, romantically, as friends, whatever, but just connecting them to each other. And then also with respect to all sexual preferences, which is another thing I didn't see in the travel space either. Yeah. Like no even on these beautiful brands, you never see homosexual couples right. on these brands ever, ever, ever. I have I never, know. I ever know. saw it. <laughs> I am the only brand that I have seen two women romantically, two men romantically on these platforms. And I wanted to highlight that as well, because that is another type of travel that gets underlooked. You know, they don't think about what that looks like as a gay person traveling the world as a gay black person. And I think they deserve to be celebrated as well. 
Love it. Love it. See, you were worth stalking. I knew it. <laughs> so, <laughs> so where is one place you think a person from the global majority has to visit in their lifetime? If you had to pick mm. one place and one place only, what would that be? I would say Italy. Really? You answered that quick. Yes. Italy is like my favorite place I've ever been. I love, first of all, I'm a foodie, so I love me some food and the food is amazing, but they really celebrate black women there. Like, they're like a goddess. (laughs) Like, I'll be walking, they're like, Beyonce, Beyonce. I'm like, where? Where is she? (laughs) I'm like, she's here. (laughs) here? But they're like, you know, they celebrate you. So I think Italy for sure. Wait, let me just change that. They celebrate feminine. Black women. <laughs> yeah. Oh, well, yeah. My ass out the way. They push my ass out the way. <laughs> well, I, and that's the thing. That's why I feel like I don't even feel comfortable asking answering these questions because for Spain is another example. I would say Spain too. I studied yeah. abroad in Spain and I had a great experience there. But I know black women personally who said they had a terrible experience yeah, there. I've heard that. So they- it's it's really just depends. Like I've yeah. heard terrible things about Spain, but yeah. I lived there for a year and I loved it. Okay. But it's still helpful to hear your perspective because, you know, it offers another lens. I mean, I think one of the things I see in our community is there's so much fear, you know, about, Mm -hmm. and understandably, I'm not trying to hate on our community. It makes sense that we are afraid and careful and guarded. And when it comes to leaving the country, it's like the devil we know here, but then Mm -hmm. you're going to go to the devil we don't know. Like, what's that going to look like? So it gets potentially overwhelming. So I understand. I appreciate your narrative on this, you know, it really yeah. offers people another perspective, an opportunity. Yeah. Ashley, you're awesome. I knew you were going to be. I had no doubt oh, about thank it. Thank you. I'm so thank happy. Thank you. You guys on. are awesome too. I am too. I love what you guys are doing. And this is so necessary. You know, I feel like, again, changing the narrative, it's important to get these conversations going because, again, you don't know what you don't know. Exactly. And you have to promise to come back. Now that you know that I'm not as scary as the stalker I can be. Oh, of course. <laughs> I have a question. Absolutely. All right. I would love to. Oh, okay. Awesome. We got that on recording now. Yeah. So you, can't, you can't go back. I'm going to let Susie in here before I ask you the last question. Go ahead, Suze. Okay. First of all, you are so inspiring. You are Thank incredible. You. And what you're doing and the way that you present it and the way the whole conception of it is incredible. So here's my question because I know you're not a one-trick pony. What What is next? Oh, well, we definitely, now that we have this rebrand going with the Travel Bays and Travel Besties, I really want to continue to push that on a global scale and then focus on actual, you know, connections and actual meetups and retreats and group trips and all of that. I really do want to go into that space. And even with the retreats that we plan on doing focused on mental health and Black women wellness and all of these things that we want to do. So once COVID dies down a little bit, we can really focus on that again but yeah a lot in store for sure well well consider me as somebody who might do a mental health component i really love oh, that yeah. idea of identity no. you know that's yes. what i think. That's what no, I do. Yes, for sure. I will definitely connect with you because I want to just do so many different things with it from like yoga and that we can have like talking to one another, you know, spas and just, you know, that wellness approach. So, yeah. I love sure. it. Okay. Tell people where they can find you because that's necessary. Would you say, yes. Sue? I said, are you listening travel channel? Yeah. Oh, yes. For, for real. 
tell, tell everybody where they can find you all the time. They need to know. Yeah, so you can connect with me on Instagram, on Melanin on the Map, of course. My personal Instagram is Ashley, A-S-H-L-E-Y underscore Milani, M-I-L-A-N-I. We are in the app stores as well, Melanin on the Map. And yeah, you could just shoot me a DM, shoot me an email. I'm always available. Stalk me if you need to. (laughs) (laughs) I always respond. So yeah. You sure do. You really do. (laughs) So you alluded to this. Our final question has to do with the name of the show, which is, what are you doing to change the narrative? Mm. I am existing as a Black woman. Say it. And that is more than enough to change the narrative, but I am existing blatantly for what my Blackness looks like and connecting with others whose Blackness looks the same. Right on. Unapologetically. That's what I like. Yes. It's beautiful that you have figured this out at your age. You know, I wish I had access to this, you know, when I was a lot younger, but I'm killing it now. So I do as hard as I can right now because it may be late in the game, but I'm doing it. So I appreciate you. I really do. Thank you guys. Thank you so much for having me and keep up the great work. Again, these conversations are important. So just keep pushing, connecting, just keep it up. Yeah. I have no shame. If I see somebody that I think would be good. I, you know, yes, as you should. (laughs) Yes, as you should, because that's how you do it. You know, sometimes it is just a DM. You're just one DM away or one email away. That's all it takes. Right on. All right. So we have you on tape. You're coming back. I think you're awesome. Absolutely. Susie thinks you're awesome. I am Music Productions thinks you're awesome. So stay in contact and thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you guys so, so much. This is fun. All right. See you later. Thank you. Bye. Have a good weekend. You too. JD and I want to thank our fabulous producers at I Am Music Group. And for all of you out there who want to do your own podcast, go to IamMusicGroup.com and the team will hit you back. Please be sure to like, subscribe, and follow wherever you get your podcasts. And also, leave us a review. Let us know what you think. Thank you for listening to Change the Narrative with JD Fuller.